We're live. Hello, everyone. Welcome to week five of Video Vantage, our marketing podcast where we chat all things marketing and comms. My name is Haley. I'm the growth marketing manager at Biteable, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mike. Hello, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about how you can boost your social media engagement with videos, and I think we should just get right into it. Mike, do you have any tips for how to create attention-grabbing videos on social media? I mean, I, I almost feel like this question is better for you. I think yeah. cause like, because you, you do such a great job of creating, you know, all the videos for Biteable that just get so much traffic. But I think, um, I guess my observation is I think um, for, for attention grabbing, you know, it need, you need to like, your video needs to just to jump right in, right? Yeah. You know, you can't have like this long drawn out opening, right? So yeah, like the absolutely. things that you normally would see with video, like just, you know, have some good cuts, some good transitions, letting people know what you're about to say in yes. your video, I think is important as opposed, and then like, and then you can like take your time explaining it. Totally. But I think you have to just jump right in and tell them. Um, and then, I don't know, there's all kinds of stuff maybe like around like trends that maybe you can speak more clearly to or more, more accurately to than I could, but um, that's kind of my observation, but like, what's, what's your take on, on that? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. A few things I've noticed with our videos that tend to help them perform well, also what I've noticed just with attention spans, I think the average attention span used to be seven seconds, but I'm sure it's much lower now with all the short form video. So I think if you are talking to the camera in your video, adding a hook in the first like second of your video and kind of just making it a little bit clickbaity to really capture that person's attention and let them know like what they're going to get from your video. Or if you're not talking to the camera and it's more of like a trend focused video, there you're relying pretty heavily on the audio, which is normally quite attention grabbing. But another thing I like to do in our videos is add quick transitions. And I add a transition normally within the first second of the video. So it could just be something like a jump cut from me sitting at my desk to me Mm -hmm. like on the couch or a different angle of my face. And that just kind of makes it a little bit more interesting, I find. Another tactic that I've seen a lot on TikTok and Reels is where people will tell stories to the camera, but while they're telling stories, they're doing something completely unrelated, like cutting up a watermelon or making a sandwich, just something that is distracting you while you listen to them. Those things are very captivating, and it's kind of like the latest trend that I've seen on social. Yeah, and and I've seen that as well, and I to me, it's always felt like it's kind of like a storytelling technique. Yes. You know, like, you know, all, all the movies, you know, I, I like to watch movies and like, like a lot of people do, I think. And like, but I try to pay attention to like, what are they doing here? That's keeping my attention and keeping yeah. me going. Right. Yeah. And it's that voiceover within all the background stuff of like, okay, I'm getting more insight into this person. Yeah. I'm much more engaged now. And I think, those are the types of techniques that I think really you can learn from other videos and then apply them in your own. Completely agree. I do the same thing as I'm scrolling. I try to not only pay attention to what is capturing my attention, but also what's losing my attention. Mm. So then I'm like, Ooh, I shouldn't do that in a video. Cause I scroll really quickly. It's just part of my job is to like capture that research. So I have to go pretty quick, but on TikTok, if I scroll past somebody's video before a sound has even come out, I'm like, wait, why did that happen? And normally it's things like 
bad lighting. The angle was weird. It was too slow to get started. We have yeah. a video actually on our YouTube channel about the the new um, phenomenon called millennial pause where millennials are one. prone to like pausing at the beginning <laughs> of their video and having that awkward blank stare. And it's just like you completely lose your viewers in that half a second. But yeah, so I kind of keep try and keep that in mind when I'm scrolling as well. The, the funny thing about that video uh, about the millennial pause was like how well a how like how real it is and then be like how short the pause is yeah uh-huh it's not <laughs> long <laughs> all right hey, awesome um hey speaking of, of tiktok that you just mentioned that um i think you do a phenomenal job of coming up with ideas for tiktoks for the biteable channel um, you've been featured on other channels and interviewed for like, you know, Hey, how do you do these types of things? Um, I'm curious if you can share with people, like, how do you find ways, uh, that you can recommend others to leverage popular trends or popular yeah. topics to help mm -hmm. a video get more reach? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's really clever ways that you can apply trends to whatever niche you've already set up on your channel. But I think the main thing that has to be in place for any of that to work is trust from the leadership team and trust from like your company overall. I always tell people when they ask like why I think Biteable's TikTok page has been so successful, not only are the videos funny and relatable, but I think it's coming like top down, like you and Brent and everybody on the leadership team trusts my ideas and I'm mm -hmm. not running through like 500 pieces of layers of approval before I post a video. I have like an idea in my head. And if I think it's pretty timely, then it could be five minutes from when that idea is in my head to when the video is filmed and posted. And I think that's what really works these days is just being so quick. So I know we have an example queued up, but one thing that we really, we really lean on for Biteable's TikTok page is those trending audios and kind of thinking of different relatable scenarios and pairing that with the audio. So the example yeah. we'll show here, my personal TikTok for you page has been absolutely full of Taylor Swift eras tour content. And I know I'm not the only one. Yeah. seems like every night she has a show, I'm getting updates on what her like secret songs were or clips from the show, whether it was raining or whatever went down. So there was a show over the weekend where there was an incident with a security guard that was being a little bit too harsh to some of the audience members and didn't want them near the barricade. So Taylor was actually interrupting her song, Bad Blood, to yell at the security guard. And of course, TikTok, within about 12 hours, that footage became a TikTok sound and kind of just like jumped on the bandwagon pretty quickly. I think when we posted the video, the sound had about 600 uses, which is embarrassingly low for TikTok and for me to have found it. But yeah. I'll play the video now just so you can get an idea of how we've kind of taken these sounds and trends and applied them to our niche, which is mainly working remotely or content around working remotely. So let's see if this works. We'll add this to the screen. So just kind of like a silly little scenario, but I'm sure anybody with pets or honestly children that works from home can relate to this, like just being interrupted. And that's why the video did so well. Within 24 hours, it had over a million views and currently it has over 160,000 likes, which Mike and I were just talking about this before. Like that's a wild number. I'm being interrupted right now by my dog. So <laughs> <laughs> I did hear her in the background. 
Anyway, I love that video. So, um, and I guess maybe um, when you're thinking about like not necessarily TikTok stuff, but you make a lot of other great videos for the Biteable channel, the Knowledge Bite stuff where you're giving broader tips and tricks. Um, how do you think about like the optimal length mm, for yeah. the video and, and, and whatnot? Because because yeah. I, I also know like you're thinking and you're keeping in mind you're going to share it other places too, I believe, totally. right? Yeah. Yeah. We're all about repurposing the content here at Biteable as a small marketing team. It's like, how can we get the most juice out of that squeeze? So I think the first thing I consider is where is the video going to be posted? And that's the main, that's my main like determined determining fact about how long it'll be. If it's on TikTok or Instagram Reels, for example, historically our content on both of those channels has been quite short. And that's where I've noticed the most, like our sweet spot on TikTok is seven to 10 seconds, which mm -hmm. feels so short. But at this point, we've created thousands of videos in that length. So anything longer for us feels like too long. Yeah. So that's what I'll stick around on that length. That being said, on shorts, we are going with a slightly different content strategy where it's a little bit more educational, but it still has that kind of humor side of it. On shorts, our videos tend to be about 30 seconds to a minute long. I think there has been some research recently where um, I can't remember who, someone <laughs> studied millions of YouTube shorts videos and they determined that the ideal range for those or the ideal length was about a minute long which is a lot mm -hmm. longer than you'd expect for short form content but typically they are more kind of like get ready with me style videos or talking head content so i do keep our shorts a little bit longer and then for our longer youtube main channel videos I keep those quite short too. We used to post a lot of how-to tutorials and we noticed that after our intro, when we got to the actual tutorial, which was pretty biteable focused, our viewers would really drop off. And that was normally after two and a half or three minutes. Yeah. So I try and keep all of our new Knowledge Bites videos around two to three minutes for a few reasons. One, to capture viewers. Two, because it's just a lot quicker for me to film and I can get that content out faster and then use it in other places. And I try to make that content kind of on the pulse of what's happening in the industry. So recently it's been a lot of AI videos and obviously that is changing so quickly. So if I film a video and then post it three weeks later, it's probably outdated by that point. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, let's see here. Um, I think this one's pretty yeah. interesting. How important is it to understand the target audience when you're creating video content and how can you kind of cater to specific demographics? Yeah, for me, I think that's, I mean, you know, that's just like almost <clears throat> kind of, you know, marketing 101 in terms of just like, you know, know who you're talking to, right? Yes. And, and who you're serving. Um, you know, I think we've all seen that, you know, where like you might make a mistake where you like, maybe your messaging is off and it falls flat completely. Um, so knowing who you want to, or who you're trying to, you know, uh, engage with your content, get back to your site for conversion, the more you know about them, the better you can cater your video to or your, and your yeah. content, whether it's video content or not video content, right? I think it's, that's the most important thing, I think. Yeah. I think the soundtrack is kind of a key part of that too, especially if you're creating like marketing style videos that are really rely on the soundtrack and there's no talking because mm -hmm. soundtracks can really 
convey like a lot of emotion in the video and they really kind of set the whole tone. So I think it does come back to what you said about like knowing who you're talking to and then picking the video elements based on what they would enjoy. For example, I think a very corporate audience, normally those videos have the classic like piano and violin tone. Whereas if you're targeting a Gen Z audience, they'll probably like fall asleep if they hear that. So you need oh, something a little bit more upbeat. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, what are some things that you think about for, um, you know, measuring if something's successful? Yeah. I mean, um, I'm happy to chime in on what I want some things that I think too, but I'd love to hear from your perspective. Like, you know, what do you look at to be like that worked for sure or, or more importantly, maybe like that didn't work. Yeah, definitely. The main thing I look at is engagement rate. It has changed slightly in the past few months, but up until most of our history with social media at Biteable has been targeting awareness. So I would kind of focus on impressions, how many people our content was reaching and engagement, which is how many people engaged with that content. But really all of these social media algorithms change so much. So I love to look at engagement. It just gives you a really good idea of like, did people enjoy that content? Because you can look at how many people viewed it and it might be a lot, but maybe not many people were liking it or engaging with it. So there might be some disconnect there. And on the flip side, sometimes you get videos that don't have a ton of views, but there were like a ton of comments on it and people really seem to love it and share it. And I think that's a great indicator of like, that message really landed. So I do take a look at impressions and engagement, but I really focus on the engagement rate for it. And then you can kind of just get the overall sentiment too. Like, was it a positive engagement? Were they negative engagements? Did you like stir up some sort of controversy or were people agreeing with you? And you can kind of take it from there. Have you seen like many videos? I mean, whether like I, maybe ours or even others, like I don't see a lot of like negative thumbs down type of stuff. And I don't see a lot of negative comments or the ones that I do, I almost think that they're not that bad necessarily because yeah. what I've seen is that like your true, your, your fans, if you will, right. Almost kind of come to your rescue Absolutely. and really engage. Yeah. Right. So mm -hmm. I think people shouldn't be afraid of negative comments. I completely agree. And I feel like Having that slight edge, not, I don't want to say controversy, but having something that's like slightly, maybe a hot take in your video is a great mm -hmm. way to generate that engagement and like get the ball rolling there. We post a lot of work from home content on TikTok, which some people call remote workers lazy or like say you shouldn't be taking a shower in the middle of the day or you shouldn't be doing that load of laundry. And yeah. it's kind of like that gets the conversation coming and sure we might get some negative comments from them, but yeah, you have all those people who know who your brand is, know the content you create and they've built that community around you and they really like go to bat for you in the comments. We're very lucky for Biteable's page. We have a really positive community and we don't get negativity very often, but Sometimes your video just makes it to the wrong side of the algorithm and you can't really control that. Yeah, you can't control it. But I also think like it's important from a, you know, for your audience to trust you to yep. have that authentic take. Like, you totally. know, like, I don't think it's good advice for anybody to like be controversial just for controversial sake, right? No. If you really believe something and you're authentic about it yeah. and you're not like, you know, doing it just for the click, I think yes. that's important too, I think. Totally. Yeah. I think it kind of like helps build your personality on that app and helps people kind of build that relationship with you because they're really like, oh yeah, I really agree with that. That was our mm -hmm. first video that went mega viral was like, I don't want to say borderline controversial, but it was about taking a shower in the middle of the workday and like how great it is. And 
95% of the comments were like, oh my gosh, I didn't think anybody else did this. This is amazing. And then you had the 5% that were like, you're so lazy. Get back to the office. And it's like, okay, you know, I can't, can't win them all. <laughs> yeah. I never left the office. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I won't be going back. Uh, That's awesome. Oh, we're already at the end of our 15 minutes. That went by really, really quickly today. <laughs> yeah, I did. Appreciate it, Thank Haley. You. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. And thank you for everybody who joined us. We'll see you all next Thursday.